Today on What's My Frame, we're chatting with television director, producer, and editor Alex Smite. A New York native, Alex started his career as an actor before transitioning his career behind the camera, where he quickly became a successful editor, working on Moonlighting, LA Law, and Chicago Hope, for which he received his first Emmy and ACE nominations. After five years in the CSI crime scene investigation editing room, Alex stepped into the role of director-producer on the series, seeing CSI through to the series' completion in 2015. Alec continues his love of directing and editing, most recently working on Criminal Minds, MacGyver, the new CBS series Tommy, starring Edie Falco, as well as the Gossip Girl reboot on HBO Max. Please join me in welcoming the man who can successfully juggle numerous hats, Alex Smite. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure. How are you handling this newfound free time that we have? <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm actually, interestingly enough, today was supposed to be my first day on my next gig, which was editing the Gossip Girl reboot pilot, which oh. was going to start today. And now, you know, it'll happen, just not sure when, so. That's very, that is one of the reboots that I am so excited for. That was like Will and Grace when I saw that they were rebooting Gossip Girl. So excited. Sounds, for that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, it, you know. But uh, right now, it's like everything else. I think it's on ice, unfortunately, but it'll happen. Exactly. All right, so you grew up in an entertainment family. Your dad, Jack, was a director. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey into the entertainment industry? Yeah, both my parents actually started out as actors. They met at the University of Minnesota as theater arts majors, which is where I ended up going as a theater arts major. And uh, I sort of got the filmmaking bug and acting bug all at the same time. I was making Super 8 films when I was a teenager and my mom was actually volunteering and teaching a drama class at one of the, the LA Unified Schools in LA. And I went to an improv, one of her drama classes and we did improv and I was completely hooked. So ever since then, it's been nothing but, you know, doing this. You're one of those actors that actually did enjoy improv. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Now, what is one of your personality strengths that's an asset to you as a director? Well, I think because my bet, I mean, even though I sort of stopped acting pretty early on, I've always approached, especially as an editor, it was always performance-based. So I'm really comfortable being around actors mm -hmm. as a director. And some of there are plenty of directors who are, and there are other people that are more technically based. And I think I kind of married both worlds a little bit having come out of the cutting room. Yeah. So being comfortable communicating on the set with actors, I think is a strength. Yeah. Now you are so immersed in the CSI and the procedural world. Can you take us through an episode from creation from the writer's room, once you guys get the episode all the way through to editing and getting to send it off to, to TV? Sure, I think one of the more interesting things about CSI, and especially the first one, and not to take anything away from the, the uh, spin-offs, but they were obsessed with trying to get at least the science rooted in reality. Yeah. And so that was always the jumping off point, but any television show was gonna, you know, it has, everything has to go quickly and things get solved in an hour and all that. So they try, they really made an effort to ground everything in the science and then sort of work backwards from from that in terms of creating the stories and everything. Um, 
And there was a lot of, during pre-production, a lot of prep work on whatever those particular things happened to be. If it was something, some fascinating way of, you know, sort of uncovering evidence that it would, you know, we'd figure out a way to spin out from there in terms of telling the story. Almost like reverse engineering a puzzle or something. Yeah, sort of both things. Like they'd come up with a mystery and then plug in the science and then you kind of have to break it down and, and rework it again. Mm -hmm. And the, the show did a, a lot of the uh, minutia of, you know, there was a lot of CGI things where you saw what was happening. So those things were also built into the pre-production stage and sort of writing that stuff into the story to fill in gaps. But it was a little bit of a puzzle. What is it like having the opportunity to direct and edit your episodes versus directors that are just going from show to show or episode to episode? Do you enjoy that or do you like yes, this and, and I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it was a real, I didn't realize at the time what a treat that was to be able to see your episode through to the end. And, you know, I had input, but at some point it becomes the showrunner's show and they're going to make changes. But at least... On, that, on CSI, where I still was wearing a producer hat, I was able to be involved all the way up to the end and sort of help, you know, massage in what they were trying to do. Yeah. The first time I was out freelancing, that was a little different because you just kind of do your four days and walk away. Yeah. But that, you, that's an adjustment and it's just kind of the way it is. So, you know, and I think the last couple of years since I've been back in the cutting room a little bit, having directed for 16 years or whatever it was it's been really kind of fun actually being back in the editing room and only having to worry about one thing yeah about how long does it normally take to edit an episode of csi uh they we would shoot basically nine days on csi now the average series is eight days mm -hmm. and the editing room's a day behind so uh you would get those shooting days uh, one ahead or one after the first day of production. And then usually on that show, our editors got a couple of extra days oh, to polish their cut. And then you have four days with the director and the producers have another week or so to kind of, you know, with network notes, get the show down to time and locked. So I think from start to finish, it ends up being four and a half, five weeks. Wow. Uh, from shooting to locking and mixing and doing all that. Yeah. Now, when you are actively directing and editing your episode and they are running simultaneous, does that just mean super long days for you? Or how are, how are you juggling that? You, you know, when I'm directing an episode, I'm not actually physically cutting it. I'll be okay. in the cutting room with the editor, but there's always an editor that, and it's funny because over the years, especially when I was only in working in the cutting room, you'd read these things, well, I'm editing my episode, some director, but you're not, there's somebody else doing it. You're working with them and giving them notes. And if you spend some time in a cutting room, yeah. which you did, you know, yes. uh, it's a team effort. But, yes, it um, is definitely a team effort. And there's a lot of rewatching things and seeing what hits and then putting it to the side and coming back to it and watching it again. And I think everybody approaches it differently. You know, for me, my, my four days would be making sure that there wasn't anything sort of structurally off from what I had originally planned. So uh -huh. I do those things first. And the fine tuning's the last couple of days where maybe you start tweaking performance, just takes, not just timing, but- Editing truly is the final stage of creation, yeah. I feel like on any project, you can, you can really create something in the editing room. Now, often directors are floating, like we were just saying, between shows, much like the guest cast. Do you have any advice for actors that are in that co-star guest star world 
to avoid feeling like the new kid at school when they're joining an existing and established show? Well, you know, it's I, that's always been, a, I think, kind of a tricky thing. And mm. as a director, I always made a real effort to reach out when I would have hire guest cast to communicate with them in email and open, be open to starting a dialogue before people would come to the set. And it's surprising how many responses I got were, nobody ever does that. And, I, and so I, I really appreciated the, what being a guest actor is like, maybe coming on to two or three days, especially on a long running show. Yeah. Um, it's hard, you know, you're walking into basically a fast moving train and everybody's polite and they're great. They try to do everything they can to make you comfortable. But the more I was able to do to make people feel like they're already part of something, the better criminal minds which i did a i directed nine episodes of that show and they they have uh table reads on every episode or did all the way up until the last episode and that's a huge plus mm -hmm. so that you're not actually meeting everyone yeah. on set um yes. now piggybacking off of that for the guest cast that's coming on is there anything that we as actors can do to make the director's job easier to communicate with us um beyond the obvious of like knowing your lines and mark like the perfunctory things what else can we do to make the director's job easier <laughs> yeah i mean i always feel like if somebody you know which is one of the reasons that i tried to establish a line of communication right away uh -huh. if if you can develop a rapport where you know you could only i can only speak for myself because right. so many people approach this differently but i always tried to keep a very open set so that everybody felt comfortable approaching me. And I guess the only advice I would give is don't be afraid to go up and ask a question. I can only say how I would respond, which would be positively. Some people <laughs> find that annoying, I don't know, or understand that, but I, there, every situation is unique, I think. Yeah. Now you've directed 44 episodes in the CSI franchise, and is it 11 in the Criminal Minds franchise? I think it was nine. And, oh, nine. Uh, in criminal um, and well, no, wait, you're right. I forgot about the spinoff. Oh, yes, I was I was scrolling through that IMDb Pro. Yes. I was counting doing my math. <laughs> right. Um and countless others, hours of TV. Do you have a favorite episode you have worked on or one that you're specifically proud of? Well, I know, I like picking a favorite kid, I know. Yeah, I mean I if I, I would do both halves. I think as an editor, um well. I mean, I ended up cutting a lot of CSI, so it's hard to pick one. There were yes, one or two. Yeah, that really were fun and challenging and satisfying when they were done. Mm -hmm. I think the other show, in terms of an editor, there was a musical episode of, of Chicago Hope. It's one of the ones I was nominated for. That when I first heard the concept, I thought, oh, this is going to be like, you know, jumping the shark. And it was really fun. And they handled it really well. And that, I was proud of that. I think as a director would be Billy Peterson's last CSI. I was mm. fortunate enough to, to get that episode. And it, was, it not only was a really fun show to do and emotional mm -hmm. for his farewell, but I think just one of the more satisfying experiences behind the camera I had. That's amazing. And yes, you all did handle that musical episode very well. Oh. A lot of other TV shows could really, could really take note. <laughs> Um, now, shows like CSI and Criminal Minds offer a very large opportunity for the co-star and guest star community of actors in getting and establishing their credits. Um, they've opened a lot of doors for young actors. 
Um, we kind of already started talking about um, what the actors can do on set if this is their first procedural. But any advice of how to just relax and enjoy the ride if they don't have a director like yourself that is opening up that line of communication, how to kind of relax into it and understand that you need to enjoy the set while you're there. Yeah, I think my in my experience and all the shows I've worked with, the regular cast are usually, I, I mean, I'm sure there are exceptions, but are you really open to uh, sharing, welcoming a, a new actor on the show and take advantage of that. I mean, they, they're, they, it's fun for them, I think, because they're, they all get along, they're used to working with each other, but it's always fun to, to play with somebody else and do something a little bit different. And I've always found too that usually the guest star, those, those scenes are the ones that are the most dynamic, you know, what you'll find is the series regulars love that because it's more fun for them. Now we were talking briefly before we started about editing rooms and the invaluable insight that actors can gain from it. Um, where you have been in the editing room for so many years, um, what are some things that you have seen um, mistakes actors make? Um, you know, things to avoid um, if actors have not yet been in the editing room and, and gotten to see that process, like. If you can, if you can describe for actors what you see, if there's like a scene you really loved, but yet the props don't match or something, like talk yeah. us through that process of how you you make those hard decisions. There are some script supervisors who will kill me for saying this, but sometimes like being super anal about matching exactly is less important than the, the tone. And it's mm -hmm. one of the questions I get when I've done some workshops and stuff with actors when they we get into a discussion about editing and what they can do to adjust. I, what I like to do when I'm rehearsing a scene and maybe the, doing the master, which is a chance to play with a couple of different variations of color in terms of, you know, if you're big or small or playing around there. Once you kind of hit that sweet spot where everybody's happy, and yeah. if, as long as everybody stays within that bandwidth, you've got some room to play, but then those takes are all interchangeable mm -hmm. and it gives the editors a lot more freedom. If if one takes up here and one takes down here, those don't, they're very difficult to, to cut together. And it's like one or the other. Yeah. So that's, that's the advice I would give an actor is to get into that comfortable slot and then try to stay in somewhere in there where all those things can work together. And it gives so many more options in the editing room. Yes. And ultimately that as actors is what we want to do is to give you all as many pieces to yeah. work with. And it's not, it's not a robotic performance that's the same every take. There's room to, to massage a little bit, yeah. but if they're, if they're drastically different, it becomes problematic. Absolutely, because there, there's not a cohesive flow within that. Yeah. Now, also on the topic of editing, what are some major positives that you've seen actors do that left a lasting impression? I'm a, I love finding a little where um, you're watching a take and like just and it sometimes can be very subtle I mean that's the magic of film uh, film acting is it is much more subtle than theater acting they're they're close cousins but they're not the same mm -hmm. and I always love finding some little thing in a take and making it you know I my MO when I'm cutting is I'll I watch all the material and I make little notes of all the you know things that piqued my curiosity performance wise yeah. and I love putting all those things together and taking somebody's good performance and making it even better that's amazing 
And now, right now, we're navigating some brand new territory. Um, we have a lot of newfound free time. Um, yes. Any advice for creatives on how to stay productive and inspired while waiting for the industry to come off ice? Well, one of the luxuries about having some time in your hands um, is I'm my son's up here, who's also a filmmaker, and the, he and his girlfriend and my wife and I have been watching um, almost every night. We're watching a movie. And some old and some new ones, which has been a lot of fun without the feeling like, oh, I gotta get up and go to work. So we're trying to take advantage of being able to do that and just it, just be an audience. Mm -hmm. um, reading, I mean, all the things that we all kind of feel guilty doing when we should feel like we should be doing something else. Yeah. Uh, it's a chance to sort of mine all those things. Because I think as an actor, especially, the more you expose yourself to literature and plays and films, it always uh, um, informs your work, I think. So anytime I can have a, you know, a chance to suck something up, I do. And yeah. I think for all of us, it's a weird time and there, there's a lot of anxiety, but if you can kind of let go and sort of explore some of the things that got you excited about doing this in the first place. So often actors want to feel productive and oftentimes those, those things don't actually move the needle. In this newfound spare time that we have, are there any books on directing or acting or editing that you would recommend actors pick up or put on their reading list during this quiet well, there's, time? Yeah, there's sort of, a, for me, there's like a top list of, there aren't a lot of books on film editing, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but the one that is kind of the gold standard that everybody get, enjoys is In the Blink of an Eye by Walter Murch, which is a pretty amazing little small book that's yeah. um, eye-opening in terms of the, the process. There's yeah. also a, an older book that was actually written in the 40s by a filmmaker named Edward Dimitrick called On Film Editing, which although a lot of the stuff in it's dated, it's still fascinating and timely. Yeah. I think directing some of my favorite, the Sidney Lamette's book, Making movies is amazing in terms of process. Uh, David Mamet has a really good book, or film directing, excuse me. And um, there's one that I, that's kind of fun that John Badham wrote called I'll Be In My Trailer that was very eye-opening to me because I remember reading that before I did my first episode to sort of just get my juices flowing again. And he's very self-deprecating about some mistakes he made when he started out in terms of dealing with actors. And it's pretty eye-opening. And that one is, I, I think it's just called I'll Be In My Trailer. Oh, okay. All right, I'm, I'm very excited about that one. Yeah, um, that it's very clear that you are an actor's director. Besides working with actors, what is one of your favorite parts about your job? I, the part that was the most scary and then has turned out to be the most fun for me was pre-production, I think. Sitting down with the, with the production designer and you know, and again, it always harkens back to the guest actors because there's always a, you know, a storyline that's new to the series. There's something yeah. that's going on that's not the regular standing sets. And I love talking about what a place looks like and, and sort of populating a space with set deck and all those things. That's fascinating. And when you're lucky enough to be on a series that has two directors of photography, mm -hmm. being able to prep with them is a lot of fun and talk story, and, you know, visuals. It's a little, the, I'd never done that where there, I wasn't in that situation because I started directing on CSI and we had two, two DPs. And the first time I was on a show where we didn't, it's kind of weird not prepping 
with the DP and it's an adjustment. So yeah. those that's that's a part of the process. I love it. Casting is always a blast. Yeah. All right. Last question. We ask everyone on the What's My Frame podcast, what is one thing you wish you could go back and tell your younger self? Oh boy. Um, I think to, just to, I would probably go back and just reassure myself just to hang in there and that if you hang in and follow your dream, you're going to make it. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your insight, your wealth of knowledge and your time with us. I really do appreciate it. It was a pleasure, Laura. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. And to my guest today, Alex Mike. If you enjoy the show, please rate, review and subscribe so you won't miss an episode and tell a friend. Our goal here at What's My Frame is to encourage, educate, and inspire our creative community. You can also follow us on Instagram at What's My Frame for blogs, industry news, and advice. I'm Laura Linda Bradley, and this is What's My Frame.